It's time for episode 268 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, November 7th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where pi ain't just a number, friends. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined on this day before the U.S. holiday of Thanksgiving by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing, Micah? I'm doing so well because it's almost time to eat pie. My oh my. I don't get pie this year. I'm traveling, so no pie for me. Yeah, that breaks oh, my oh. heart. Breaks everyone's oh. heart. Breaks everyone's heart. But first... Down to the business at hand, which is, of course, our show where we talk about tech topics with two wonderful guests. To my left, it's a writer, a photographer, a man about town. <laughs> Jeff Carlson is back. Welcome back, Jeff. Hi, thanks for having me. Which town? And I'm sure that you can probably get some like really good airport or convenience store pie at somewhere. <laughs> that you, sounds that's, that's terrible. That's to look forward to. <laughs> airport pie. Ugh. <laughs> Um, to my left, who is now passing the airport pie, is a, a writer and a podcaster, Nosilla Cast, and chit chat across the pond and uh, check her writing out over at podfeet.com. It's Allison Sheridan. Hello, Allison. Good morning, Micah. <laughs> so happy to have you here. I'm excited. This can be fun. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Well, I'm going to kick it off. Uh, this past week, there was a lot of talk on Twitter about this iOS shortcut where you can move the keyboard cursor around. Uh, this is something that I feel like a lot of uh, maybe people who listen to this show might have been aware of, but it seems like a lot of people didn't really know about it. And so to sort of back up and take a look at this from a larger perspective, does iOS have a discoverability problem with some of these features? Are there other features that you think of like, oh, maybe people don't know this or things you were surprised to find out? Jeff? I think the fact that you ask this question means yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, that issue is something that I knew about, but had completely forgotten about and never used. Um, maybe because I have some devices where, like, like the the iPhone 10, you can just you know press anywhere in the um, keyboard area to to make that that uh, you know that 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 cursor feature. Um, you know, but you also look at like you know 3D touch. Um, you can you know press and hold on apps and and get some interesting functions. Um, you know, like I write about this stuff and I forget it's there. So yeah, there's 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 that problem. Um, and as sort of a counterpoint, I also want to wonder. You know, once you learn something like that, um, do people actually really pick it up? Um, like, for example, dragging from the top right corner on iOS devices to get control center. Like, that that's a new thing that people are having to relearn. Um, but once you get that, does it stick? I think with a lot of the hidden things, it just doesn't. I <laughs> I definitely think there's a discoverability problem. Um, I had folks very excited to uh, tell me about the keyboard cursor movement shortcut, thinking that it was a new thing um, that, you know, I, they, they would sort of have outsmarted me, outwitted me on knowing. And I felt really, really kind of, I, I sort of was like, do I just let them have this? Do I tell them that I know about this? Welcome to our new podcast, Outwit Micah Sargent. <laughs> 
I settled for being excited that they discovered this shortcut and then sending them some information about how they can not only move the cursor, but also select text using this sort of uh, 3D touch or long press functionality. Um, yeah, I, the, the, I know that there's a discoverability problem and I know that there's sort of like a, a hidden features problem because... I went to Apple's website so that I could find the support page so that I could send them a link to it to show them like the the tips on how to do more than just move the cursor around. And I had to dig through. I couldn't find it anywhere on its own. There was no support document for it. Um, I had to dig through the the how-to guide for iOS 12 and the iPhone, and it wasn't like mentioned as a feature. It was just sort of casually mentioned as an aside. So I think sometimes Apple itself sort of hides, not necessarily hides, but just doesn't doesn't take into account things that aren't easily discovered and things that should be pointed out for people uh, other than in some random article five years after the feature is announced. You know, Dan, I think this is the best question ever. And I think the answer is that iOS is actually a giant Easter egg. That's all it is. is It's all these things that you can't possibly discover on your own. You're going to stumble across them or somebody tells you, and it's that word of mouth excitement that Micah was talking about. Look what I found. By the way, <laughs> none of you has explained what it is we're talking about. And I'm guessing there are people in the audience going, what are you talking about with the keyboard? <laughs> Just hold it on the on the space bar on iOS and you can now move the cursor around. And I believe that's actually you know, only iOS 12. Am I right? Yep, 3D yeah. Touch was there before. Yes, it's so slightly I different, wrote, which is annoying. Yeah, but but slightly more awesome. I think part of it is it is so much easier to move the cursor because it actually holds still when you let go. Um, I wrote about it as though I discovered fire. So I was super excited about it. <laughs> An- another great example, I had uh, Dave Ginsburg on Chitet Across the Pond with me talk about iOS tips. And um, we were talking about Control Center and how you can put live listen into Control Center. But I kept calling it hearing and he kept calling it live listen because that's because Apple calls it two totally separate things. <laughs> oh, no. So wow. that's handy. And um, yeah, it, it makes me wonder amongst the four of us how many thousands of things we don't even know about. Mm. Um, I did a mind map of all of the iOS 11 settings. I think I've mentioned that before. And it was insanity. If I would printed it out uh, eight and a half by 11 wide or eight, I'm sorry, 11 inches wide, it would have been five and a half feet tall. That's how many separate settings there are. So, yeah, discoverability. I mean, name it the same thing might just be a good little start there. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. Like there. So, yeah, this this is just one example of features that I think people don't really know about. A, a, um, a, A reader wrote in to me from Six Colors to say one that he had found that he didn't think was particularly discoverable was on in messages. If you do that thing where you sort of pull to the left you can see timestamps for people's messages like yeah how yeah. else would you find that right like there's no that's definitely not documented anywhere and it doesn't work on the mac which annoys me to no end um but there's there's a ton of little stuff like that where it's like this is a really useful feature but 
how do you how do you expose that to the user? How do you let them know that they can do something like that? And maybe some of this becomes convention over time uh, in the same way that a lot of us got used to keyboard shortcuts on our computers uh, or even somebody pointed out double clicking is even kind of like something that you might not think about on a computer until you start doing it. Um, so maybe we get used to this over time and people just figure these things out or hey, maybe there's a lot of features that we just never discover. It's like it's like that warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just like each of them is filled with an iPhone feature that nobody's that they've squirreled <laughs> away there. Anyways, thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Jeff. So, tis the season for crass commerciality, uh, which means you know this week you can get good deals on computers and other gear and Black Friday deals and all the stuff that's been hitting my inbox. Um, we know that it's helpful to look for different like buying windows for things whether that's like a sale like this or you know never buy uh an iphone in august because they're going to come out with brand new uh models the next month during big camera uh conferences and things like that uh there are usually like big discounts so the question is do you track that do you take advantage of things like that or do you follow the sort of standard advice of, you know, you buy something when you need it? Hmm. I think that for the most part, it comes down to uh, buying a thing when I need it or buying a thing when it's new and staring me in the face. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I obviously I'm not going to get an iPhone um, in in August when the new models are around the corner. But I am going to get an iPhone when they launch and, you know, they're available for me to purchase brand new. Um, when it comes to something like a, a computer, I, I'm i still rocking a mid-2015 MacBook Pro that I'm very happy with and works just fine. Uh, I don't think that I would. There's no sort of, well, I better wait an extra two months because in two months, then they'll announce a new one. If I needed it, then I would just get it whenever it came time to do so. Um, you know, I, I will look for deals that are available, but I tend to not be sort of a, well, I'll just wait it out and get it when, when, you know, there's a good deal coming around. Because for me, for me, it's like, I'm either getting the new, new thing because I'm an early adopter, or I've run something into the ground completely, <laughs> and it's time to replace it. There's, there's no in between, uh, it seems. What about you, Allison? I think uh, I am instant gratification for me. And I've shopped for bargains for other people. So a, <laughs> a perfect example of that is I needed a new backup drive when I got the new uh, MacBook Pro, and it's got a two terabyte internal drive, but I've gotten really used to being able to use an SSD as a backup drive. So I wanted a two terabyte SSD, and so I bought it for myself, and it was really expensive. Wow. To give you an idea of how expensive it was, I decided to buy my husband one, and I waited until there were the Black Friday deals. And it was $185 cheaper than it was in September. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling strong about my first purchase. I could have waited a little. But, uh, yeah, if it, you know, definitely Apple gear, I buy it the day it comes out. Um, definitely the instant gratification on that. But, but I'm definitely only buying it when the, uh, when the new stuff comes out. If it's something like a dock or, you know, some other peripheral, a monitor, I'm not I'm not on the bleeding edge, but I'm also not smart enough to wait until there's a good deal. It's like, I want it. Oh, look, shiny. Give it to me. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a combination of what I think most of you are saying. For for new gear, you know, like an iPhone or something like that that I'm actively waiting for, obviously I will time that for when the new devices come out. But for most stuff, I tend to just kind of wait, um, unless it's something I need immediately because the previous thing has broken, for example, I tend to wait until there's a deal. And I, I usually do that by perusing the wire cutters deals page, which is just every day updated with like, oh, what's on sale from the stuff we like. Uh, and I tend to sort of peruse that and keep an eye out for something I might be in the market for. But uh, yeah, I definitely also succumb occasionally to that instant gratification thing, though I try to tamp it down a little bit. But I, yeah, I, I guess my father was always a bit of a frugal bargain hunter, so I tend to follow in his footsteps in that way and, and look for a good deal because it's, there's something satisfying about getting that good deal on something. Yeah. For me, I think, you know, if, if there's a piece of equipment that I need, I will just get it. Um, although every once in a while, I will come up with some sort of good deal like my only real uh you know success story here is a few years ago i got an ipad pro the 9.7 inch ipad pro um, at a ridiculous price because i had traded in my original ipads i had a couple of them um, at one point target was uh, like giving you a hundred dollar credit for ipads and I, I sat on that for years and finally you know there was a good black friday deal and so, you know, I, I got like a really nice uh, iPad Pro for like $400 or something. And so that that was sort of like like the the karmic kick for, um, you know, all the money that I've probably wasted by not looking for deals, buying things brand new. Uh, you know, it, it all kind of balances out. Um, I know people who like they just know like, oh, this is when you buy a camera. This is when you buy a hard drive. This is when you do this. Um, I'm more in the Dan camp, which is, um, you know, Dan the, camp. That's camp the Dan camp. <laughs> One time at, at Dan camp. Nope. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and like going and checking out the deals and then fighting with myself. I'm like, do I really need this doc? Oh, that's a good price for a hard drive. Do I need a hard drive? <laughs> you know, but that's probably a whole nother uh, ball of wax. <laughs> totally different thing altogether. Well, may astound you to hear. We are already two topics down, which means it is, of course, time for halftime here at Clockwise. And here to tell you about one of today's fantastic sponsors, Micah, take it away. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by our pals at Squarespace. You are going to make your next move with Squarespace because Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea and you're going to get a unique domain, award-winning templates to use, and so much more. Whether you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install. You don't have to worry about patches or upgrades or anything because Squarespace has that all covered for you. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. They've got award-winning templates that are beautifully designed and those continue to increase so you can show off your great ideas. I have talked before about how I use Squarespace for all sorts of personal projects. And one of the things that I enjoy is the fact that they always are updating with the latest and greatest features. So with Apple Pay support, HTTPS support by a simple switch, all sorts of fun and simple things to be able to get your site updated to the latest and greatest it can be. Well, Squarespace plans start at just 12 bucks a month, but you out there listening, 
can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com clockwise. And when you decide to sign up, go ahead and use the offer code clockwise, because that's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And of course, you'll be showing your support for our show. Once again, that's squarespace.com clockwise with the code clockwise to get 10% off your first purchase. Thanks so much to Squarespace for your support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. And it's my turn, folks. I am curious, you know, uh, there's there's usually a lot of travel <laughs> uh, happening. I think I just saw something yesterday, uh, LA traffic with Thanksgiving uh, on the horizon, and it looked horrifying. Uh, I will be traveling today, and I'm not looking forward to it. But uh, we, you know, we, we get around our family, and our family knows that we know a thing or two about tech, and everybody's got some sort of tech in their house. I'm curious, what is something you always find yourself doing or questions you end up answering when you visit family and or friends during the holidays. Allison, we'll start with you. Well, it's got to be passwords. I spend every single time <laughs> talking about like password security things, you know, do your updates. And the, the great news is after years of grinding away at them, it is absolutely working. We went to visit Steve's sister out in Arizona and uh, I saw a um, software update come up on her phone and she swiped it away. And I said, what are you doing? <laughs> and she said, she said, I told it to update tonight, Allison, because you told me to do this always. Yay. And I was like, no way, you're actually doing it. So later she's on her PC and I said, okay, how about your updates on Windows? And she goes, of course, I always do them. You told me to, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Steve's mom and dad are like maniacs on one password. His dad actually, his dad, when he was 80, did a testimonial video for me for one <laughs> password. Um, I can you can give you guys a link to that because it is the most awesome way to convince somebody who's older who maybe thinks, oh, it's too hard for me. This is an octogenarian showing you that one password changed his life. So, uh, ah, yeah, I want that. Oh, it's so <laughs> good. It's so good. I want everybody to play it at user groups and stuff. So anyway, it's uh, yeah security and they're listening uh yeah i like it i like the password stuff too mainly just to take all their passwords and then compromise other information <laughs> <laughs> i'm evil no um i think the things that i end up doing in the past it was often uh wi-fi stuff yeah we've all dealt with that the router needs to be rebooted or stuff needs to be fixed but in the past i've sort of slowly like gone through a lot of my relatives houses and replaced their crappy like modems or uh, routers they've been given by their cable companies or whatever to uh airport i used to do airport expresses of course they don't sell them anymore which is kind of a bummer but hopefully they're they're still working uh, and then it's like reconfigured it so that the uh, didn't use any of the router functions on the cable modem router, which is so much nicer. Um, but lately, yeah, software updates is a big thing. And, and kind of touching on our earlier discussion, like those hard to discover features, like especially things that came in like a new update. Like I, I tend to spend some time saying, oh, did you know now you can do this thing or this thing? Um, so I'm probably looking forward to not at Thanksgiving, but maybe Christmas this year, going through with a lot of people and introducing them to the joy of navigating their cursor. Or actually the one that I haven't gotten a chance to try out yet, which I want to, is the the group FaceTime calls, because I actually think... That would be a lot of fun, and I'm guessing that a lot of people in my family and maybe a lot of people out there don't realize that this is now a thing that you can do. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really love sharing technology with people and helping them get the most out of it. So that's I, a lot of people complain about having to do the tech support thing, but I actually kind of enjoy it. So it's I finally feel useful. Um, <laughs> Jeff, what about you? I like the idea of you just like 
surreptitiously uh, replacing people's routers and Wi-Fi <laughs> things. I've totally done this. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, has my password changed? Uh, yes, it has. Don't look in the closet. Yeah. Just, just, just trust me. Trust me. Oh, is, and, that more, uh, is that more pie over there? You should get more pie. <laughs> <laughs> it's why pie. Um, oh God. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So um, I tend to hit a, a lot of those things um but uh i think with my family it, it's more uh dealing with like uh storage on full iphones that was that was big for a while um and you know convincing them to like use icloud photo library so that uh, you know that isn't as much of an issue um and uh you know strangely i find myself like defending apple in the news um you know because they'll be like hey i heard that uh you know mm-hmm. tim cook is now a communist who's gonna <laughs> go you know uh take all of our phones and i'm like where did you hear that no 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 <laughs> and you know just just like like stuff that that bubbles to mainstream news uh that you know always has like some sort of a slant and you know i have to say okay no actually you know this is the reality and you know this this crazy thing you heard about moving your tech your your cursor on your phone yes you can do it here's how to do it like those kind of things so it it almost feels like um like tech therapy often <laughs> instead of you know like tech making things work which i guess is an improvement i don't know uh sometimes uh, good answers all around obviously and i certainly do some mix of those things um sometimes they're there comes a problem that I am unable to fix uh, just during the year while I'm not physically in front of whatever it happens to be. You know, different routers, different modems, different so- different hardware, all has different settings that I may not be able to um, sort of visualize in my mind while they're sort of trying to explain what's what lights are lighting up, what things aren't working, what things are working. And so the times when I'm in town are the times where I can go, okay, I remember you called me about this and we weren't able to fix it. Let's, uh, let's get it all figured out while I am here. So it's sort of those, I have to be there physically in order to fix this because I need to be able to see it in front of me uh, to help you out with it. And our FaceTime calls did not, you know, lead to the solution that I was looking for. So it's kind of like picking up the slack on anything that was missed and then some some mix of, of all the things that we discussed. Uh, thank you all for your answers there. Let's go to our last topic, which comes from Allison. I do have to say that explaining iCloud Photo Library to your family should have been the answer to the discoverability problem. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in love with the new hardware dongle called Luna Display. It makes your iPad into a second or third display on your Mac. Do you guys use any tools to extend your desktop to an iPad? Do you have a need for this? Or do you think you should be using the Mac's internal display like Steve intended? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like Steve intended. Uh, I have actually never used any of these products. I know there were um, were just software solutions for a while, too, uh, that could sort of mirror your Mac display or extend your Mac's display. They always seemed a little janky to me, and I I didn't have a strong need for them. Uh, I tend to just use the internal displays on my Mac, especially because, you know, right now I'm sitting in front of a 5K iMac, uh, which has, I feel like, almost all the screen space I could ever want. Um, And then when I'm out and about, I'm usually on my MacBook Air, and I do have my iPad with me, but... 
I don't generally feel the need. I, part of what I like about the air is that it forces me to concentrate and like look at the single screen. So I, I've never really been tempted by these things. I've had multi-display setups in the past. I have an old cinema display I used to connect to my MacBook. But I often found them more trouble than they were worth. Um, and so I don't really end up finding myself getting a lot out of multi-display setup. So it's an intriguing idea, uh, but it's not something that I've really played around with a lot. I've used the Luna Display, and um, it's it's very cool. Um, but I don't find myself automatically reaching for it, and that may just be because of you know the the habits that I've I've uh, made for myself over the years. Um, I have a second monitor in my office at home that I connect to my MacBook Pro, so I'm very used to having a multiple monitor display. Um, but I don't necessarily need to add the iPad to that, especially because, you know, the iPad is comparatively small compared to, you know, my, I don't know what it is, 23-inch uh, uh, external display. Um, and then when I go to coffee shops and such, um, which seems like the perfect time to use it, um, I I am actually often sort of bound by the size of the little coffee tables that they that they put in coffee shops. Um, so you know, like I, I've I've done it, um, but it's not something that I, I immediately gravitate to. For me, right now, my MacBook Pro is in clamshell mode, and it's connected to two external Dell displays. They're ultra sharp displays, and I love this setup because they are exact models you know they they look exactly the same they're on a dual monitor arm and so they're set up where they aren't like at different heights and at different resolutions and it uh, mm. but that would really upset me <laughs> um and it, it just it just goes against my, what my brain wants and so having an iPad as an external display i think would fall into that category of sort of a wonky display that doesn't match with the other ones that I have. I think it's a really cool idea. And I like the idea of an iPad as a second display in cases where you're doing graphics work or you are wanting to more, um, more intimately interact with the content. Uh, and in those cases, it makes sense to me. And my whole sort of need for symmetry isn't as important. Um, but day to day, I am definitely a uh, dual display, same exact display size, same exact shape uh, kind of person because that's just what works and looks best to me. I've actually found it to be extremely useful. So I've got a 5K display in my, my Mac on the, on the right, my MacBook Pro. Um, and I used to have a cinema display on my left, but it was just so big and it took up so much space. And like you said, you guys have said it, it, it didn't look the same and it was, I don't know, it was just tedious to me. Um, but I've started finding having a small iPad, like I have an older 9.7 inch iPad Pro, down actually below the screen that I'm normally looking at. I'll put, say, Telegram on there for messaging or while I'm doing my live show, I'll put Discord down there. And now I have it in my line of vision, like right below what I'm looking at. My monitor is really tall, which is annoying. But now I have a space down there that I just dedicate to that. And I'm finding that to be really, really useful. And one of the cool things about Luna Display, it's a, like I said, it's a hardware dongle. It's a little USB-C or DisplayPort device uh, that you plug into your Mac. And um, it'll work with really old iPads, like way back. So if you're looking mm. for an excuse to repurpose a, a, you know, even a 30-pin dock connector iPad, it'll work as that. And it uses the hardware acceleration GPU of your Mac. So it's really fast, low latency, and, um, and I'm, I'm really finding it useful. 
I do find it useful when I'm on the road and doing something like what I'm doing right now is I can have two displays. But I get the coffee shop problem. That would not be helpful at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. This week's bonus topic uh, is brought to you by our good friends at Kane 11. Coming next week, the week of November 19th, is a product that's never been available before. Kane 11 Socks is launching socks in exactly your size. With 11 shoe sizes from size 7 to size 17, your socks will fit better than ever. And to celebrate their upcoming launch, they're giving away 100 pairs of socks. Just go to Kane11.com for your chance to win a pair of socks in your size. That's Kane11.com, K-A-N-E-1-1.com. I've got a pair. I've, in fact, got two pairs that Kane 11 sent me uh, because I'm kind of on the edge for that fat, uh, foot size. And my feet are pretty large, and it's actually hard sometimes to find socks that are comfortable uh, for feet in my large size. So um, it's really cool that they send you the stuff. They're really well made. They're very comfortable. They're very soft. Uh, I really have enjoyed the pairs I have. And they come in funky colors. I don't have a lot of... I tend to be like a very basic, black, boring sock guy. So this spices up my wardrobe a little bit. It's really kind of a win on all fronts there. So you're definitely going to want yourself a pair of these. And you can get one for free. Sign up. You can win a pair of socks in your shoe size. So you'll have the perfect fit and ultimate comfort. Our thanks to Kane 11 for their support of this show. And now the bonus topic. It is, as we mentioned, the holiday of Thanksgiving here in the United States. What part are you most looking forward to? The food, the football, the parade, a specific dish? Jeff Carlson. Two things. One, being able to turn off my work brain and not think about work at all. And, of course, watching Die Hard to kick off the Christmas season. <laughs> it's the holiday season. Uh, being being with family, I'm uh, looking forward to, and pie. Pie, 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 pie. My cranberry chutney. Mm. Ooh. Mm. I'm traveling, as I mentioned before, so I'm not going to get any of the traditional Thanksgiving food, but I will look forward to uh, celebrating in uh, parts abroad this year, which will be a, a new and different experience in some ways. All right, that's the end of the show. Let us thank our fantastic guest this week, Jeff Carlson. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And Allison Sheridan, thank you so much for joining us. Happy Turkey Day, everybody. And Micah, a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And to you, Dan, and to yours. And to our guests and to theirs. And of course, to our listeners, all of you out there, we'll be back. But until then, remember, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Gobble, gobble. Gobble.